There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Right? We're from Cork. And what's happening in Dublin? Nothing. Don't give it. They don't give a shade about it down here. on the game don't hide behind your cars or your tattoos or your girlfriends or your agents play the game be careful the cat no say the cat is in the sack when you have not the cat in the sack the great football the Liam Brady's the Ronnie Whelan's the David O'Leary's this is a great football and country produce players and grab play that rubbish yeah hello and welcome to the new Irish Examiner soccer podcast Apparently there are no football podcasts out there at the moment, so we uh, decided to get this one out to fill that gaping hole in the market. Domestic football is back tonight, and we're going to have a League of Ireland striker taking the mic for the next few weeks, but uh, this isn't really a League of Ireland podcast as such. Instead, we just want to tell a few interesting stories from around the game. Um, I'm Larry Ryan, but don't worry, I won't be presenting it. Instead, I'll be acting as a roadie for the main man, Graham Cummins. We've got a no Graham in the examiner offices over the last few years. He, uh, he writes a regular column for the Echo. And late last year, he, he finally told his story about the time he was hauled out of his bed in the early hours of the morning by officers from, um, from Britain's National Crime Agency who wrongly accused him of spot fixing. But he also Graham also struck us as a guy who had maybe fallen out of love with the game a little bit, um, who was maybe ready even for life after football. He was well-travelled. He's been around the game in, in Ireland and England and Scotland, but look here he is. He's back. He's back playing with. Uh, he's back playing with Waterford. He'll be in Inchicore tonight. And over the next few weeks, Graham will be taking us around the country. He'll be talking to interesting characters like his his short-lived Rovers teammates Stephen McPhail and Joy O'Brien. And he'll catch up with um, with a former Cork City legend that he briefly played with Georgia Callahan. Um, I'll be pressing record for him. Um, but just to introduce him to you. Um, I sat into his new hot seat earlier in the week um, just for a little chat about his life in football so far. So, Graham, one more campaign in the League of Ireland for you. Um, probably didn't finish all that well uh, last season at Rovers, but at least you've got a, a cup winner's medal to show for it. Yeah, uh, it's not something that will be going on the CV. It's not something I really? take any credit for. No, uh, I wasn't involved in the cup final, so... Uh, it's not something I would actually say I've won. I don't have an actual medal. I've been. I spoke to Stephen Bradley. I remember after the game, like he was explaining why I wasn't in the squad. And uh, no, I, I was just saying he was saying you can get a medal. We'll get you one, but I don't really want one. Like it was, it was. Like I said I, I kind of had a feeling that week building up to even though the last game I played for Rovers, I'd uh, I'd scored in. I remember that was UCD. I didn't play in the last game against Cork City, but I played the game before that, and it was probably the best I played for Rovers. And uh, I was like, yeah, that that'll definitely get me in the cup final squad because after the year before, the year previous, where I was left out of the final as well. So yeah. if I get to one reward for this year, I remember my mother-in-law <laughs> was like, you should get it in your contract. You have to play in the cup <laughs> final. So yeah, uh, yeah. 
No, that that morning I, we hadn't named the team, which was unusual. We normally named the team the day before with Rovers, so um, I just had a bad feeling. And I was saying it to come with the lads, and they were saying, "No, you'll be in it all right." Like, and we got messages and all from our families, which was brilliant. Touched by Rovers it was actually a great thing. Like, oh, a little video, a little video. Yeah, messages. we, we oh, had no idea nice. it was going to happen, so it was a brilliant video on the. Uh, going to the game like I was texting my wife and I was like I'm really up for this now I've, I've a good feeling actually now and then uh, got into the dressing room everything and um, not still hadn't found out didn't know all gear hung up and everything which makes it worse really like you know and yeah, like being an older player maybe be a younger player you want that experience but for um, he just came in named the squad and uh Obviously, I was I was absolutely gutted myself and eating boil was left out. But like being an older player, you prefer to be just like younger players. It's good you get around, you get that experience. But for me, it was just a case of no, nah, didn't didn't enjoy it whatsoever. And uh, did you have a little strap? No, look, I thought I went around. I just good luck to everyone because you want them to win. Like because the lads yeah, have worked yeah, so cool. hard, like and stuff like that. My little strap was. Uh, Going up to the bar and having a few drinks during the game. To be fair, like that I think was you were, you were entitled to those. Yeah, that was my strap, and uh, I can even remember going on the pitch after we won, and I was embarrassed. To be fair, like you know, and yeah, I remember Glenn, the assistant, was like to me when we were going up getting the trophy. He was saying, "Go up to me and eat," and I didn't really want. I did, but uh, no, I was, I was, it was more embarrassing for me than anything. I didn't, didn't really want to be there. You have to stay there, but like. We went that night, just sat with my family and everything, the celebrations, and I kind of I said it to the manager, look, like when he pulled me in, I just said, I'm, I'm going to stick to myself tonight because I don't want to, I was in a bad mood, obviously, like you're in a good mood, you're happy for the lads, but like at the same time, you don't want to bring them down. Yeah. That was the way I was looking at it, you don't want to drag fellas down when they're celebrating, me going over, complaining, going, uh, when the squad, so <laughs> I stuck to myself that night, and then the next morning, got my car and drove home, and that was it. That was it, end of the Rovers yeah, experience. Yeah, end of, yeah, well, I knew, like I knew I wasn't signing, the manager did yeah, kind of yeah. explain that to me that night, he was saying, he did have lads on the bench, that he was thinking, well they're here next year, like, but you're not in he was justified like you know you win a game you can't really complain then like you know Bradley I thought he was a great guy to be fair he was very good to me the whole way through and um, it was probably they probably didn't get the best out of me because the travelling and everything it was probably something travelling up and enjoy. down what, you're, you're up and down from Cork three four times a week yeah I'd, I'd go up on a Monday morning come back down Tuesday evening up towards the morning to train it was the only handy thing was I got to I stayed with my aunt, so that kind of helped family. But no, look, it was I wasn't giving it everything. I don't think either, because if you want to give it everything, you stay up there for for the whole duration of it. You don't travel down twice, up and down twice a week, especially at thirty one. But um, thirty one, you're an old man now, Graham. Yeah, no, but I'll be thirty two. I'll be thirty two. Well, thirty two, no. Yeah, but the traveling in the car, whatever it is, yeah, yeah, it's not ideal. Yeah, it's it's a case of like lads. I don't know some lads, but like I'm married and everything, and my wife pregnant and you think I just want to be home every night to see her you know that kind of way and yeah, you're looking yeah, forward yeah. to just going home all the time Waterford no it's it's grand because I'm home every night of the week like you see your wife and you look forward to going home like I mean you walk to live not live to walk that kind of way that's that's yeah, the way yeah sure Jeez, so I'd, it, still, I'd still take a medal though Graham no 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 not at all I for mean, the collection 20 I years think, time I think my wife is different to me no she'd be 
she'd be worried like you should take one you deserve it you did everything but no you play, no. how many minutes do you, you played in a couple of games along the I'd way I'd say didn't I didn't you? really I came on against Bowes and I came on against Harps but no it's, it's absolutely nothing to me it would mean zilch like I mean you'd pick the medal and you'd go up and it, it'd only be Brad memories really like you know that kind of way you just yeah, go oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember that alright you know someone <laughs> looks at it and go you have an FA Cup winner's medal and you go yeah I did yeah but <laughs> Yeah. It, it so did it did it kind of sour? I mean, I, I get the impression from you that you're a lad like who actually really loves football and who takes a great interest in football and knows a lot about football, watches it all the time. And yet, I'm kind of get a little bit the impression of you lately like that you're a bit down about it, or it's kind of worn you down a bit. Yeah, like. it, it did. There's there's no doubt about it. Um, I did, I think again, I think it kind of went sour a bit for me uh, the cup final the year previous. Um, Having got man of the match in the semi-final, been told I'd be playing the whole way up, doing extra training for it, and then been left out of that final, and that hurt. That that was one of the most disappointing moments of my career. Yeah. Not starting that final because coming back to Cork and it was it was a big thing for me, like um, having all my family and everything go up and not playing that day did hurt. So it kind of hurt then, and it carried on to next year. wasn't really in. From training, not from training in the first day, I was never in the first team, like shape or anything. So it did hurt, and you just kind of lose a bit of it. And you did like, and towards the end, like I said, it, I didn't really. Um, it was just training for the sake of it, and I never like I was never a big trainer. Which you could probably ask any manager I've ever had. I was never going out loving life training, but I always loved matches. That was it for me. I loved playing matches, like and. I lost that a bit and I just, I felt this year with Waterford like just getting up to where I've, I've had a few, I had a few offers leading into it and you can just dive into things like, and I just felt I'm not going to enjoy it, I'm mm-hmm. not going to do it just for the sake of it and I did contemplate, will I just throw in the towel now here with football but then I spoke to the manager Rennie and really just got that vibe that I will enjoy this again and you do go through that like sometimes you need an off season as well to actually miss football yeah like people don't realise the off season can be the best thing ever for a player to get away from it and you have clubs say to me oh, why don't you come out and train with us just to keep fit and I'm like no I'm just going to stay away from it I'm missing and I can remember being in the same situation with when I left Rochdale I didn't like I was like oh I still like football but I'd a, what, I'd a month or two or three months off where I just didn't go out training or anything and I was itching to get back. And that's the way I feel now. I was itching to get back. like, And I was really keen to impress. And like I said, I wanted to go down and I want to enjoy football. That was the big thing for me. I spoke to even I spoke to a couple of people about it and I was going through the motions maybe and I said, I'm not going to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go in and just... Have a like enjoy it, have a laugh, but be serious. Obviously, I will be serious, but it's going to be like it's like enjoyment, it's about enjoying, especially the older you get. You don't want to be going out just for the sake of going out, and just it can be horrible like going out training <laughs> every day. If you don't enjoy it and you don't feel you can enjoy it, that was a big thing for me. And you know? especially as a striker, you, you need someone, I suppose, you need someone to believe in you as well and to kind of tell you that they want you and that they can you can do a job, yeah, that kind the, of thing. Look, um, like if you're looking over your shoulder all the time, or you're yeah. look, you're trying to be on, you know, you're oh, gee, making like, an impression in 15 a minutes. Confidence player, like definitely. Yeah. Like my confidence, 
Oh, it's so it's so hard to get and so easy to lose. Like that's the worst thing about confidence in football. And uh, so yeah. were you like that all your? Were you like that all your life? Yeah, playing football. Yeah, even when you were like I could I could score, and then be high, but. 20 minutes later I might have two bad touches and then it kills me and then I've kind of learned a bit more as I've gone on that kind of way so it is but like I said I think he was like again like I know this is about looking back in career but again looking forward I'm actually just really excited and I haven't had that excitement for a while it's just been a case of like like I did have it when I was coming back to Cork but it was just a case of oh well, let's sign this because this club is offering me something yeah. You know, that kind of way where, like I said, I think with Waterford, it was a case of I was waiting the whole time going, I will enjoy this. Because I'd spoke to Renny a few times before. And in fairness, he was, he was very understanding. Like, I was close to signing before I went to Rovers. And then he was understanding with that. And I just felt, no, never. Do you know, you, you, know, you get that kind of vibe off a person where you go, this is the kind of person I want to deal with yeah, again yeah, yeah. in life. You know, that kind of way. Like... Some people who just go all right off, and uh, yeah, once I met him, like it's and it's not honestly, something it's not something you were desperate to do, like you you know you have no, it wasn't you've other you've you've journalist qualifications, you you know you've a bit of business, yeah, business just like insurance. Entrance. No, I'm starting uh, insurance with uh, MIG, so um, I've had that, and like I said, I I actually was like had a full time position with them to go if I wanted to go yeah. that kind of way, but they were very flexible as well. They said, look, if you feel like going back and playing football. Then we'll walk around you and when I met, like I could have just done that and just said, look, I'll just call it a day with football. I don't need to go out and that. But it was just, yeah, when I met him, I said, look, I'm going to enjoy this again. Like, and it, it probably helps that I have something on the side now as well. I have, I've obviously yeah. done journalism as well on the side, but it definitely helps. Uh, like having the insurance and then the football and it's something that I was building to. I could have stepped into earlier, like like you said. So um, yeah, no, it's just about enjoying it. So we'll go back. Look, we'll go back to the start of your your, your spelling. But did, but did nobody like all your all your time in England, all the clubs you were at in England, Scotland? Did, did, did nobody get you into a sports psychologist like to, to work on the confidence? Or do you know what we we actually had one like um, we had one at Preston. We I can't remember his name. Who used to come up? The manager. Uh, I'll be talking a lot about one manager in particular. Like two <laughs> managers I, there. I think now. I can guess. I'm not going to name names, but we had one guy came in. And he, you have to really believe in a psychologist and some minutes they can make you feel good for 10 seconds. And then, like I said, you go out in a training pitch and then that's all forgotten about. But like we were doing, we were doing psychologist sessions, no joke, no, right? We come in after training and if we were, like the manager used to just have nine to five, right? Constantly. So the therapist would be booked in from four to five, but we'd still have to do a session with him. So we'd actually get like 15 kg dumbbells and start like, so the therapist would go up the top of the room, we'd all be in a circle and then we'd be like, the manager would be doing sit-ups or like holding the dumbbell above our head, doing all exercises while your man was talking about sport, like about what it takes to be good. And you're holding this dumbbell. And <laughs> Hold I, on a second now. You're sweating <laughs> and you're doing core session, everything. And it's like being in class then, right? So... Men, they say, can't do two things at once. But bloody hell, we learned it because we'd have to be doing exercise with all the weights and, like, you're holding this above your head for so long, like, and you're afraid this could drop on your face and trying to listen to your man at the same time. 
And then the manager, like like if you were a teacher in school, like do you know when you switch off from reading something, you normally have your finger along the word in case the teacher goes, "What word are we on?" So the manager <laughs> yeah. would actually call someone and say, "What did he just say there?" No, like do you know, <laughs> like lads would be getting the wrong hesitant. You're like. Uh, I, I don't know, like, you know, and you get a punishment of, right, that's another minute on this exercise, so, like, but, like, like we so this do... Was a, this was a mind and body kind of session. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah. like, but we would have that, but, like, we would see him one-on-one sometimes, which which is good again, like, I, I said, like, you get him for some minutes, but it was insane, like, how you could actually have someone on the board and you could hear the manager, like, in the background, your man be talking, saying, oh, everything's about, like, click your finger, have that special moment. If you click your finger, it reminds you. And you have the manager in the background counting core sessions going, one, two, three. <laughs> it's insane, like. I can see that would be a bit distracting, all right. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. nuts, like, I mean. Like, so the first, the first miss-sitter now and that all, all that, you forgot all that stuff, Of course, like, yeah, because, like, if you've 10,000 fans, like, if you click your finger, they're a lot louder than you clicking <laughs> your finger, like, it's very hard, like, like... So you're meant to switch off the, the, all the background noise and just zone into your own yeah, little, little like, um, he used to, moment. I remember one, to be fair to him, and he had a thing about, who do you do it for? Like, put it playing, in, put it in order, and, like... Like, lads are honest, like, they'd say, family, you're doing it for money. And I think the fans were actually very low on the list. Fifth or sixth, seventh. That, yeah. Like, and, <laughs> oh, actually, no. Yeah, but, like, it's weird. And then, but you can't block out the fans. Like, they're the ones that actually make you go sometimes yeah, to yeah, that yeah. psychologist. Because, like, with social media and everything, like, you read one good thing, but you have a hundred bad things, like, but... um no, I've got I've got a better one with the therapy session we had with him. We were on preseason, and we had to do a thing. Uh, it's your 80th birthday, and who's there to greet you? Because it was based on like, what have you achieved through your career? So I can't remember what mine was like. Oh, it was great. You've done well. Blah blah blah. So the best is uh, the manager says um, he goes, <laughs> "What what was your one?" He said, who's the first person to greet you at your 80th birthday? And the manager says, the Prime Minister. He's like, for what? He's like, because I won the World Cup as England manager. <laughs> and he just has that, like, he had that mindset. He actually, like, we, like, he used to say, like, oh, who's your heroes, all that. And he was talking about Alex Ferguson one day, and he said, no, I'm better than him. Like, do you know that kind of way? Some people, and that's... That's what I said about strong, strong mentality. Like, in fairness, he had the strongest mentality I've ever seen to think he was a better manager than Alex Ferguson. Like. And he was telling, he was making it clear to you that you were a stepping stone on his way to much bigger things there. Well, it? yeah, like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Like, I mean, it was at the second season. We had we came back pre-season with a whole new squad. And uh, we just had, like, a lot of Stevenage players came. And they had obviously worked on the, the manager before. And it was just a meet and greet, basically, the first four hours of the first day of pre-season about what are your ambitions in life and all that. And some of his players stood up and they were talking about, like, the former players who come from Stevenage, like, we're going to play for England. I'm going to captain England. And we were looking going, this guy's going to be so good. Like, and we were League One at the time, like, you know, and I'm thinking... <laughs> Christ, England, like, and I'm like, 
this is unreal. And then obviously, like, they weren't near England, but the mindset was that, like, Richard Wright and everything they're talking about. Then he stood up, like, and talked England, about England, yeah, keeper. He was mean? funny now because he came in on trial, which was like, we were, manager said credit to him. He came in on trial the year before. What age was he at that stage? The early 30s. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah. when he stood up, right? So we trained our first day of preseason, we trained from. 10 to about 7 at night 7 or 8 but all our phones no contact with our phones so all the girlfriends and wives were ringing each other thinking there was a big crash or something like because they were like how can they be in 10 to 7 like but Richard Wright done I think two sessions pre-season and he came in and he said oh I'm injured he was like I'm, I'm gone now like so uh, he was injured and then about a week later, his contract was tore up. He said he had to move closer to his family. We were thinking, oh, fair enough, fair enough. Like, but he was saying, I can't do this training. Like, no, no chance. We were watching Sky Sports News the next day. It signed for Man City. It's the third choice keeper. <laughs> oh, like. I remember that, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's like, he just it just goes like that. He obviously got a bit of money deal offer and he chose, yeah. instead of being first choice, so Preston to go there. But um like, I remember, I'll always remember the day I signed because it was my first time actually signing a professional contract. So I signed, I go to Nando's, <laughs> then I go to the pub with my agent. I was like, we'll celebrate having a few drinks there. And uh, I'd never met the manager or anything. This was over in Preston now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, ne- I'd never actually met the manager. So I, I was like, some random phone call, like, and uh, he rings me and he says, uh, Oh, it's this Graham Cummins, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, what supplements are you on? What tablets? And the was on nothing. Like, I was like, yeah. I don't know. And uh, he said, um, well, what makes you happy in life? And he's a major, like, winning is everything to him. Of course, I didn't say any of this. Like, so we got off on the wrong foot. I'd say I was just like, oh, look, my wife, my wife, no, she wasn't at the time. She's moving over, like, so get her happy there no get get all settled in like and stats going goes like and yeah that'd, that'd be good like and then his mindset is winning and he's like right and he's like have you uh get yourself down to the training room tomorrow get some supplements then go to the actual stadium get a ball by yourself and just start playing on the pitch and start kicking goals and none thinking to myself if i go into the peter is there now and say open up <laughs> the ground there, so I can go in and kick things. They'll think, "What is this guy on?" Like, I mean, this maybe. was this was this was Graham Wesley now at this stage. The manager, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this manager, yeah. Um, so he wanted you to go in there, visualize knocking it into one of the uh, yeah into, into the, the net just to get used to it. Like because our first game got called off, and then the second one, oh my first game was at home to Hartlepool, but I hadn't played in months, and like I said, then. It was so strange after because you know when you go into a dressing room manager says something for five minutes and he literally just went through each player circled everyone an x next to any mistake you made like and then a tick if you done good and he, he what i say he, he wrote your names up on the on like the, he, on the you'd have your or team sheet on the board yeah. so he just uh, the goalkeeper at the time i think i'm not sure it was torsten stuckman the actual stat so circle him and say like torsten six minutes you made a bad kick x and then a tick like and they're like oh my god like and the debriefs used to be so long like and i couldn't get over that and um like that wouldn't be great for the confidence if they were full no, of negative like full oh, of, uh, like being full of X's. so 
been subbed sometimes like and not coming on you do your running after the game and you're just happy you walk in you see one guy is depleted like I remember like it was lashing outside so we come in from a run and we went in and we actually had to just go into the shower while he talked to everyone else and the team so we were just sitting in there soaking going will this ever end like and uh, I'll give you one now right we were playing Sheffield United in my second game and uh Obviously, like the physical element in England is a totally different ball game. And he comes up to me at the start, and Sheffield United know what they did at the time. They probably still do. They turn on the heating system in the dressing room, full blast that you were sweating like in there. And he comes up and he kind of gives me a little hug around the head, and he's like, "Oh, so what's going to happen if um, someone?" gets you like this today like you will see how tough you are i know you're meant to be a big striker and i was like oh whatever next he proper started wrestling me like it was nuts like and i was like what is going on here and i was like can i wrestle him back or what like this is the manager <laughs> so i did give him a bit back like yeah and then um he left me alone came back over and started wrestling me again and he was calling his assistants over and they were like Look, after I think you need to leave him off. We've got a game in an hour there, like, and the sweat. But I think it was a test to see if I'd actually fight back. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I've gone into meetings with him at the end of the season, and he's punched me in the stomach, and he just leaves it like that, and he'll leave you in the room. It's all tests, like, you know, that kind of way. I know. So he wants to kind of, he obviously wants you to respond. He wants to, to either break you or, or see what you're made of. Yeah, or, like, we had him, we played Bournemouth uh, last game of the season and um, we were there, was it the day before? Uh, or, yeah, the morning of the game and he, again he was just like, oh, come up and show me how you're going to mark your man for corners. So I just grabbed him like by the side, like you do. Hmm. And then he just went, well, what if he does this? this in front of everyone, threw me over onto a table. <laughs> and like, I was obviously fighting back. And I'll always remember I had a white polo and he had a red marker and he just started going nuts with the red marker on me. Like, Scribbling on your... <laughs> so it was all over me. But I caught him by the eye and I actually caught his eye like a bit. Yeah. I kind of understand him now yeah. that I just couldn't get then that he just wanted to win so much but like our preseason was horrible like if people ever say to me tough preseason i go no way like just go like do one of them we used to train in the morning we'd do a bit of football and he used to get an army guy in gary johnson i'll always remember him because he was a boxing coach as well and we would train in the afternoon two to six for we we were on the pitch one day for four hours with a jerry can, like these army things. Yeah. So you're like, there was four kind of sessions and he was trying to find like your captain because you, like captains, would we'd be jogging around the pitch and your man would be saying back to front, all this. And if you ever once started walking, there was a punishment corner in the end where you get a big rucksack and have to just jog around. But that was a break, like, because with the jerry can just sprinting up and down the pitch, like our break kind of, our easier session and that was like, we'd put a jerry can, two lads, there's a, you had your ball, jerry cans about 10 yards away, so you have to hit it. And then the other guy who's resting is doing sit-ups or push-ups. And then um, it's like if you miss the jerry can, you're fetching your ball. Like so was, That was horrible. But we did one session one day. It was the hardest session I've ever done in my life. 
and it was a Thursday before game, so we went out. We did our yoga in the morning. We were just sprinting for about an hour. And he used to do 90-second runs then where it's box to box, and he'd say minimum seven. <sighs> oh, killers. But, yeah. like, we'd done sprinting for ages, and then he just went 90 seconds. So we were in the corner, and lads would just go. And I can remember one fella, Posachi, just literally was running, and he just fell on the floor and curled into a ball. <laughs> and they were up to him, and they were like, get up, like... <laughs> and uh, he was like, I can't, I can't move anymore. Like, I can't and take it. So we went in after that and we were all in the jacuzzi. We were in bits, like, because it, it was an hour and a half of just running. And he said, there was a vicious rumour going around as um, 3.30 minutes, games, 11 asides in the afternoon. We were like, we can't, no way. <laughs> so we did. And... I couldn't believe it. And he came down after that and he says to us, uh, oh, my coaching staff there, they all think you're tired that I should leave you off the gym session again No, No chance. Into like do a body pump session and he would take it. It's one hour like, oh my God. And he was fit as well. Like, so he could yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. No bother. Like, like, I remember pre-season he brought us like for a run the morning after game and he did the running with us and he's fright to be fair he's frightening like on a treadmill he used to he used to boast about like breaking his own treadmills you know that kind of way but like <laughs> so he walked the walk in fairness as well like yeah oh like but he was and like like, but, but, like what, what all of this like did you like you were coming over from the you were coming over from the League of Ireland like what's yeah. it I mean, they, they say now, look, you should wait to go over a bit later and stuff. Like, mm. what age were you? You were 24. 24. So, like, you were, you had the advantage, at least you weren't going over at, at 18 or whatever. Like, were you a, were you better able to handle this? Was it a massive culture shock? Like, how were you? No, I, th- I think it was a culture shock because I think if you go over younger, you grow up. I wouldn't say I, I was gr- growing up at 24 because I was still living at home and everything. It's when you get out of home, you start really learning about life yeah. because everything's done for you I mean football then became like more of a job because I was actually it was providing for yeah. my house everything yeah 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 so like and like I always say it's ruthless over there like I thought like lads are all friendly but you're coming into a dressing room and they're like who's this new fella who's who's here to take my place that kind of way yeah of course yeah. so that's how I would always think Yes, it's good to get experience here. It's definitely better to play a bit of League of Ireland and go over and then you're a bit more experienced because you've played men's football. It's certainly better, but it's also it's a bit catch-22 because you go over, you know the system a lot better, you know the club a lot better straight away. And you Yeah, like so maybe in an ideal world, you, you reckon maybe if you'd gone a couple of years earlier, you might have been Yeah, but I wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't good enough then. Um, I was very, like I said, once you hit... 22 and stuff you don't think you'll ever go over at that age you know that can be especially I was playing first division as well like so still though you were banging in the goals like it must have been you must have been kind of carefree enough here like thinking everything was yeah you'll always find it easy enough to score I like I think you kind of start thinking the moves coming when you've aged and swinging you all the time yeah and I had it the year before I left so I kind of had it that kind of way and I was thinking oh I might get a move and I'd I'd trials all right I'd um when I was at Cove, I did a trial at Sunderland, but I ended up playing centre mid when I went over there. So who, was I, the, who was the manager at that stage? Roy Keane at that oh, was stage. Was it Roy? Oh, yeah, yeah, so like, 
very intimidating like as in <laughs> yeah. doesn't mean to be but I, I remember walking into his office and I you I literally was like you can see how like lads lose it yeah lose a game with him before you even step on the pitch because he's just so intimidating and did he give you the look no I didn't like obviously he was trying to help me out as much as he could like because he's from Cork and uh but he's so intimidating I've never come across someone that I'm literally like in my life going I'm actually scared of him you know that kind of way yeah like. yeah yeah but then I trials with Wolves. He, I went to Wolves on trial. And but like you went over as a as a like goal scoring striker, and uh, they they played you in midfield. In the trial. that's because that was my own fault a bit because like they were just stuck for numbers in a game. Like you York Cole and stuff up front, and you think to yourself, Jesus, Andy Cole, do I York here? Like at Sunderland, if I'm going to come over, they're not going to sign me as a striker anyway. So I played <laughs> like a centre mid, and I got a call back actually, and then we played Pats in a friendly, and of course we were playing. Keith Fry, I think, was playing for Pats that night and sort of like didn't realise how good he was at that time. So um it is my own mistake really, but I can remember I went and trial into Wolves and Cork, Tommy Dunn kind of arranged that. And in fairness, I didn't do well there. I I stinker in the game there. But in fairness I remember Mick McCarthy called me and he just said, I think you've done all right. I didn't think I did. And he said, I would recommend you. And I found out later, he actually, like, Preston did ring him about me, like, and he did recommend, recommend me because they mm. said it. But um, How did the, how did the, did you actually get the move to Preston in the first, like, so you, you'd scored, what, you'd 20 goals, 24? the year yeah, before, for, yeah. For, for, for yeah. That was the promotion year back to the, yeah. back to like, the Premier Division. I think at the time I actually wanted to go, instead of the Wolves thing, I wanted to go to Millwall on trial because they'd been on to me a bit and my agent knew him. And he said, I think it's just about going over, ticking a box, really, here. Yeah, and yeah. So I was happy with that, but... Jeez, from reading Richie Sadler's book now, you probably as well have to have missed out on the I middle can, of experience as well. I can remember Tommy, uh, Tommy Dunn, who, like, get on great, but no, he was very reluctant on me going. He said, the only thing you do is, he said, I'll make a deal with you, you can go, but if it fails, you have to come back and sign three or four years here. And I said, but, like, you can't just do that. I need... I'll, I'll get another chance over like I wasn't going to throw it all, all my eggs in one basket but yeah. the pressing thing just came about a day put in an initial bid I think it was something like 12,000 which I knew wasn't going to happen but the moment that happens I get excited because I'm thinking this this is life changing like you know yeah. that kind of way um, and it like it came about and it got to a head where it was coming closer and closer but I had a bio clause of 100,000 sterling which, Jesus, was way too much, like, bad. <laughs> if, my, if my old agent, like, I'd, I'd go back and have a word with him about that again. And, well, well uh, lads were going for next to nothing at that stage, weren't they? They were going yeah, on the, they were was, going on the cheap. I was first like. division, I was 24, like, yeah. I mean, so I can remember it got to a head and I, I couldn't convince Tommy to leave me go. Like, your agent does tell you, start pushing the move a bit. Like, because if you sit there happy, they'll go, this guy's just happy to stay. He'll be no... You have to Like, I, I was never bit. going... I don't think if, if it hadn't worked out, it would have would have been a big problem because, I was speaking to, like, my wife now at the time, but I was saying to her, like, unless, like, we were saying, would she move over? Because we hadn't lived together, obviously, and that was a big decision for her. Yeah. Because I was saying at the time, I don't think I will go if you're not going to go, you know, that kind of way. Yeah. And, uh it came to a head where I, I rang Tommy and I said, I want to meet the board. I don't want you there. And he was like, fine, I'll get them all to go to you. Silver Strings, I think it's called the Clayton now. So I walked into the room and uh, 
Tommy was there and I was just thinking for fuck's sake like I was like he's he's obviously against me and he's like no I'm here to help you and I'm like you've been holding move back the whole time so in the meeting like you have to plead your case of why you want to go and in fairness to Cork they were saying they haven't given us the money your seller on clothes they've offered 100,000 euro we've off we want 100,000 stolen which at the rate it's probably is about 27 grand, 26 it? Yeah, grand yeah. yeah so um it was nowhere and ever like and I said, I don't know what to do. So I put my agent, I rang my agent, who was actually Tommy's cousin. And uh, so who, who's your, who was your agent then? It was Andrew Cousins. He's yeah. like a Man City scout now and Northern Irish scout. And you think like being Tommy's cousin, like they could walk this out, like so bit of a family <laughs> feud. And uh, it was a case of put him on loudspeaker. I had to step out of the room. I think about three or four hours later. You serious? They're meeting for three or four. Yeah, I was just sitting outside, and I think Jonathan O'Brien came out and he said, "Look, it's done. You can go home. You're you're finished." And so I rang my agent. I was like, "Got my phone back," and he was like, "I've had to gar- I've had to get a friendly that I guarantee him a friendly to make up that money." Like, yes. Oh, so Preston would come over. Would come. There wasn't Preston. It was someone else. Because I think the sell-on fee or something was the big, oh yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. big hopes for me. But um, uh, so like actually, like I say this to lads, going over for a fee is one of the worst things that can probably happen to you, because yeah, in terms of your wages, because the club look at you as a package and they they turn to me and they said we had to buy you, so yeah. that's coming out of all your wages. So it cost me in the end of the day, and then. Obviously, lose negotiations again. You were part time and all this, so. so your priority was kind of getting over in the first bit, rather than yeah, looking after yeah. your package for the next whatever. Yeah. How long did you get? Two, two, three years. Uh, was it two and a half? I think two and a half years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but like I said, it's it was insane. Like, but like the as you say, massive life changing experience. Oh, it is like. I mean, you you were you probably played for the Ireland under twenty threes. Just before. Just before, I think so, yeah. So, like, you were thinking... This and I even... I remember one of them, I rejected a call because I had to do college exams. So, like, that was important to me as well. That was the good thing, getting out, out of the way, like, getting... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no harm to have the education behind yeah. you before you went, yeah. So, uh, I, I do have... So, a, we're buzzing then. You said, this is, this is big time. Yeah, big but time like baby. I said, I, wa- I, th- I wasn't physically or mentally ready for what was happening. Yeah. Some of the clashes with the manager and like he was very like I said the winning mentality and I remember watching a table tennis game of him and Neil Miller it was harder than a training session none of them like it was ridiculous <laughs> like and they'd use it to boast like that like the manager I can remember playing him and we were playing darts one day and like he'd lost to me but he'd keep going till he beat me like and he beat another fella David Buchanan and it was double eight finish and when he left the club um, we all text he texted us obviously let us know and we all wish, wish her good luck you know at the end of the day he brought us over so you owe him a lot and it was the same your man with Dave Buchanan came from Tranmere and he texted him good luck I know we like had our differences at some stage blah 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 and the manager just texted him back double eight <laughs> do you know what I mean even when he was oh, gone magic. Yeah. was like but like this is a fellow who used to I, I must say this now one more thing about him like because I know I, I could talk about him all day like about yeah. like, he used to like like night before games meetings like 
it used to be so bad a hotel away like you think lads go rest like but we'd oh, I think one night we'd 32 set pieces that we'd to look up and everyone had their own one and you have to go away and study them but like that was the kind of things but we'd one where we'd to do a movie so he got everyone to write a movie of the past, present and future of Preston like and what tomorrow's game was going to be like and it's just like so stuff tomorrow, like that tomorrow's going, game like, was going to be the happy ending part yeah this, he'd be this, like this who's film. going to play you in life or like I said we used to do shooting drills and you'd do commentary of who your hero was and it's like who's your hero and I was like oh I'm Alan Shearer because I was a Blackburn fan I'd have to pass the ball wide and be like oh Shearer goes wise who's looking back post and then like do you know that and it'd like it'd come to him and he'd be like who's your hero and he's like Graham Wesley like do you know that kind of way and he's like yeah. Wesley getting in the box and his bravery and I think he actually like once like the keeper spilled and he went in two footed but like with that club I got to play with like some really good lads as well like I remember Kevin Davis this is Oh yeah, he would have come from where he would have come from Bolton. Bolton. That's it, yeah. Like, like with Preston, I knew I was kind of like on the way out when the new manager came in. I tried to leave in the summer when he came in. He came in February and had a groin injury straight away, so that didn't help. And then I tried to leave in the summer, and he said to me, "No, I'm not. I'm unsure about you. I want to keep you." And then the more strikers come in, like sometimes you're actually happy when you want to leave. Seeing strikers coming in, you're like, this is great news. The exit now. strategy here. So yeah. I can remember Kevin Davis coming in, and uh, this might sound weird now for people, but he's a beautiful man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember coming in after his first session, I was in a bit of awe. Like, you know, I was like, Jesus, Kevin Davis, like, uh, this is unreal. Like, and I remember coming into the boys and I was saying, Have you seen his skin? I was like, his skin is absolutely <laughs> immaculate, like, and all the boys were like to me, that is so weird, like, and I was like, it is though, like, and uh, the captain, John Welch, at the time, he saved me a bit, because he came in about 10 minutes after me, and he was like, oh, Kevin Davis is out there, this is my bad Scouse accent, he's like, how beautiful is his skin, like, and I remember a few months later, I, I had to do one of the lads here was getting his brother was getting married he was like could you get Kevin Davis to do a video I just said to Kev oh Kev could you could I ask you for a favour and he was like walk with him I was like you want to know my moisturiser or something like that and I was like he's obviously heard about that yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, only like, the finest products in his it's, Gucci it's, watch bag yeah? yeah but do you know what though like it's strange when you're over there sometimes the fellas who've had the best career are probably the least big headed and stuff like that yeah like, how did you find absolutely yeah. down to earth lovely guy like lovely guy so he was he was coming in to make sure you weren't gonna you weren't gonna you weren't gonna be getting too many starts there yeah the so that. that led to me going on loan at Rochdale then yeah. uh came about with Brian Barry Murphy oh yeah manager there no he was the, yeah he was kind of like um I think he was a player coach at the time Brian's one of the nicest guys like if I'd say he's a player's dream to play for, like, because he just, like, he'll put your confidence through the roof. And I said about, like, managers yeah. believing in you and everything like that, he was just brilliant for me, like. So it mightn't have been any harm if you had possibly that kind of an approach initially when you went yeah. over to England, but rather. The, like, Rochdale was, like, again, that's a different environment. Then you go from Preston, like, Preston, you don't realise how good a club it is till you leave it. Like, like Rochdale was a great club, but you go in the training ground, they don't have their own training ground, you're training everywhere. And like 
we were eating lunch, like you're getting a roll and you're eating it off your knees, you're pressing, you have a lovely canteen, full spread. So like, yeah, it yeah, was kind yeah. of more what I was used to then, like Rochdale going, yeah, this is a bit <laughs> like home. But like we had a very good team at Rochdale. Um, like the manager at the time is Keith Hill. He's Bolton manager. He, he was brilliant manager. Brilliant. Joining training. His trainings were very tough. He joined and training. It was horrendous though because if you're on his team, he w- would kill you if you gave the ball away. Like, But yeah. he was he was good for me as well. He could see like I lacked confidence. I could tell, he could tell that in me and he would try to coach me. But uh, like I can remember two of the players there now. We'd, Scott Hogan was there when I was there. So again, like how's the luck of the draw? Like we played one up front, maybe two sometimes. I'm up against Scott Hogan. Yeah. And I like, he was so sharp. Like he was rapid. And then, we had Jack O'Connell, who plays for Sheffield United. Now, this guy is an absolute, like, you can see why he plays in that back three day playing, overlapping. Yeah. I've never seen a fella like him in my life. He's a machine, like, and eats everything right, like the ultimate professional. And we train, and every day he'd go away and do his own personal training thing. We're running, the manager would be giving out to him, saying, like, stop doing extra, you're going to burn out, like, but. If they talk about six pack, this fella had an eight pack. Do you know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it there. Like, I mean, the dressing room was actually very split. I don't know, like in England, they like the Northerners and the Southerners don't get on. Like, yeah, yeah. So, so you found that clash there. Yeah, which is it's it's very weird. Like that a team then that we got promoted that year, that a team who got promoted have so much success so click, it clicks like in the dressing massive kind of clicks massive clicks in that with the sudden lads so which, which, which group were you uh, I was more Northerners I hung around with all uh, yeah. the lads from uh, Liverpool I got on very well with with a lot of them um, but like at that time was actually the spot fixing as well yeah so I was just going to say so when did that that, that happened during that uh, that loan yeah, spell that happened. so you were still a Preston player and it was it was related to your Preston Time. Yeah, it was related to like basically that I lived in Manchester, we used to travel in and a group of cars and basically if anyone was read my piece in it, mm. one fella got arrested at Saji months before us. We used to travel in with him and then obviously must have been some link to that, but anyway, the police said to us it was all linked because there was another fellow, it was me, Dave Buchanan, Saji, Clark and they were like, I was getting questions, say, if I got a phone call off Saji on an April game and I got booked, or like, they were like, why are you texting after games? Like, mm. this is nuts. Like, players shouldn't be ringing each other. Like, why is the whole team, like, there were six of us arrested. Like, so it was, it was, it was. So you just woke up one, the, the, yeah, police, the was, police are banging in your yeah. door at six in the morning. Banged the door. That was like, the first you I honestly thought when they just said, like, I thought it was basically on betting in football. You know, you were allowed bet then. I was like, Jesus yeah. So you Christ, could bet on you, you could, could bet, bet on matches. any other league yeah. bar your own. Yeah. And I thought, what the hell is going on here? And it, they just ransacked the house. Like they absolutely like tore it apart. And like I can remember going. I was like, I need to use the bathroom. They were like, we're coming with you. Right. So straight away at that and they were like make sure you don't have laces or anything in your shoes because you're taking all them yeah so like when I got taken away my wife was left there she was bawling and crying but they were all left for her like just destroying the house and when we got to the station 
got told go into the cell so you've no idea how long you're going to be in the cell or anything like that and mm. they're just saying do you do you know a solicitor or do you want one provided so obviously i said provided so like three or four hours later the solicitor comes in and then he just like he says oh you can ring home like you get that one famous phone call you actually do get it like i didn't know if that was real or not yeah and uh, i rang my wife and obviously she was bawling crying she had no idea what was going on she was saying every my mom and dad were flying over and everything and i was like look this is a misunderstanding it'll be all sorted don't worry about it but like even with her she was at home and they were f- like she couldn't go to the bathroom without them mm. coming into the bathroom with her and uh you're in there you get interviewed get put back in your cell don't know what's happening again back out another interview this is more the shorter version of it and uh so how long did you spend in there altogether? Twelve. About yeah, about 10, twelve, 12 hours, hours, and I, I, you don't, I didn't even eat or anything like in mm. them twelve hours. So you're just exhausted after like the questioning, and all that, and then, like I said, it's like uh, you go home and you're just on bail, and like Preston didn't contact me ever, like, and in fairness to Rochdale, I walked in the next day to Keith Hill. And he just said, look, what's have to happen? And all the boys are having a laugh about it and a joke about it. And you just tell the lads what's happened. And Keith was like to me, do you fancy, do you want to stay out of the squad like for tomorrow's yeah. game? I was like, no, because I think it makes you feel a bit guilty. Like then yeah, if, you, sure. if you're avoiding something, like it would have been an easier option because I can remember like, so anyway, I came at half time getting like abuse in the crowd a bit, like, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of way. And like, you just wonder then like, you're just like, oh, just, this is a joke. Like, how long this is going to go on for? And every day, like, I was paranoid. There was cars outside my door after that because, like, I was just wondering all the time. And you do start, I'm not even a religious person, but I was, like, praying, going, like, will this end? Like, you don't even think about your football career. You just think, like, this is going to be me going to yeah. jail. Like, you know? And it obviously made headlines back here as well yeah it did I think was so. it later or did it come out straight no, away no it came out straight away because I think obviously been Irish and then yeah. Keith Keane was an Irish player as yes. well like, yeah so, yeah two um, Irish lads blah 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 exactly and, it was all like um, that so. did you feel like that that annoyed you probably did it that it was you know that you were yeah. you hadn't done anything in terms of like it annoyed me in terms of no one actually spoke to me didn't that it was it? just yeah. straight out there without me. She didn't do any interviews about it. Were we advised not to at the time? Or I can't, or I can't remember. I can't really remember. Yeah. Um, I suppose you can't really talk about these kind of things till it was all cleared That's up. That's true. Like. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't like, like I said, what annoys you then is like your phone's taken, your laptop's taken, my wife's phone's taken. Yeah. And yeah. then we released some bail about three months later, and like I said, I didn't even find out off Preston. And, like, this had been, like, the worst thing in my life. I didn't find out off Preston. I just saw it on the internet, and I said, it can't be true because I would find out surely. So I rang the other lads, and they were like, yeah, like, the club got on to us. It's all been sorted. I was like, Jesus Christ. Like, I was so relieved. My name, I don't even know, was my name in the statement released by Preston at the time. And I was like, how can they be released? And I can't, like, and I was ringing the club, and they did say, oh, yeah, you were in it, all right. I, I, I'm pretty sure they didn't put my name in it. And I was just like, I couldn't believe that, you know, that kind of way. Like, I I got my own solicitor where the club provided a solicitor for the lads. Yeah. Um, Like, at the end, it was just... So all the Preston players were cleared 
yeah, I was Everybody as well. Was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone we were all was cleared yeah. in the end. And like, but they, they released a statement saying, oh, blah, blah, all these five, yeah, five personal players have been cleared, but they left you out of that. All of them were contracted where I wasn't for yeah. next year. I was finished. Like, I, I'm not sure that I terminate my contract even like a, a bit early because I was like, what's the point in just dragging this out like that yeah. kind of way? Um, so, so like you didn't never got you never got like an apology as such of anybody or uh, kind of a well no dude I think with the police you can uh, file loads of forms all this to get an apology but like I said what the noise is your phone everything is gone yeah like when you get released from bail it wasn't the case of like you get all your stuff back straight away it was another eight nine months before you're getting your stuff back yeah, yeah. so at that stage it was like but you had to buy a new phone there this is useless <laughs> to me exactly like yeah, so yeah. yeah that was that was. Um, and reputational damage as well. Yeah, like, I mean, you is. know, stick your name in and it's there in Google. Even yeah. if you're, you know, and it, it's probably, it probably ranks a bit lower that you were cleared of it. Like. Yeah, oh, no, it's definitely no one likes it. Yeah. Like we said, there wasn't much released on us when we were over coming on the TV, BBC News and everything. I can remember the picture on telly and I was like, oh, at least they have a good picture of me, a nice little squad picture, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, yeah. And everything, like, we were told our names wouldn't be released, but sure, like, it was out within a second, like, so... Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah. the whole thing was off the back of Preston lads texting each other in an, on a normal kind of everyday yeah. basis, and somebody putting two like and two all together. Toys, yeah, oh, like that's all it, and just bookings. I I think I got booked three times in a row. Your man, Keith Keen, had about eleven bookings. Like, but we had a thing with like with Wesley. We had the worst disciplinary record. <laughs> we actually had a thing at the end where we were getting a letter to the club. And he came in and said, your record is so bad, you're going to pay the fine. So basically, it was they were linking yellow cards to conversations yeah, and trying, to, trying like, to put together a case. And that's, yeah. that's where it came from. I yeah. think I got, like I said, I think I had three in a row in one in one game. All yeah, right, yeah, like, yeah. But, uh, and with this, like, even, even after that, like, you worry then about every yellow card you pick up. I can, I think I went to Exeter the next year. The next year at Exeter, like, I... I think I got one or two yellow cards. Did you actually worry about it? Going, Jesus Christ! Like, did that look think, deliberate or whatever? Yeah, I can actually. I always remember that yellow card I got with Exeter. It was like literally a long ball up, and it was just me and the keeper challenging. And you know, like they say, players do fake like being hurt. Oh, he definitely did. Like at this stage, <laughs> the keeper went down, and I heard the ref saying, "I'm booking him," and I was down. So I was like, "If I stay down, pretend I'm like hurt bad here, I won't get a yellow card." And the, yeah. The, doctor comes on and he's all worried and I'm like I'm just faking it don't worry like you know <laughs> but I got booked and then you'd be literally like is someone going to write something bad about me like his social media like because I'll always remember even my wedding my best man brought it up like he in his speech like, nice, yeah nice touch like, nice touch he brought yeah. it up talking about like oh tweets saying like oh um always knew Graham Cummins was on the take he couldn't be that shit for no reason you know that kind of way like, and I'm yeah. like Christ but uh, did he arrange a bet on the length of the speeches as well yeah, there and uh, the... yeah well yeah <laughs> but like Exeter then was just so yeah so you got another you, you got a you, did, that, did that sour your whole the lack of backing from Preston a bit maybe and everything were you a bit were you getting a bit disillusioned yeah, like, with like, life at this stage it's, 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 it's do you know like it's a brilliant club, like Jesus! It's an unbelievable club, like like it's best club I've been at in terms of facility, stadium. It's incredible, but just like I think, like maybe my career didn't go well there. Obviously, if you're a better player and everything, they probably look after you more. But uh, yeah, yeah. So, so Exeter for um, 
Next Paul, for a year. Yeah, like that was a bit. That was a different environment again. That was tough because uh, it's a bit like the traveling to Dublin. I was traveling Exeter, Manchester. So my wife got a job in Manchester, and uh, it was a case of she. Couldn't take her. She just got a full time job and she needed to do a teaching thing. And I was traveling same kind of routine twice a week, but Exeter was four and a half hours drive. Like so, but I really enjoyed Exeter. Totally different environment. Like Paul Tisdale, like people probably remember him like for the style, all that most relaxed mm. manager ever. So I went from one extreme to his was the easiest training I've ever done in my life. He didn't believe in warm ups. It was all, like, some days he'd come out, you'd have to warm up yourself. And I remember he'd be like, I don't even know what I have for training today, I'm just going to wing it. But, like, with Tiz, like, the one standout thing for me with Exeter was we played a game. And we, the day before, we were playing 3-5-2. And the day of the game, we switched to 4-4-2, I think. But only certain lads knew. So after, like, 15 minutes, I still thought we were playing 3-5-2. (laughs) <laughs> I went back defending a set piece and I said to one of the boys I was like what the hell are you doing like you're playing in the back three and you're out left back and he was like yeah we were told four of us got told before the game but not to say it like we got called into the office when 4-4-2 and another lad was next to me going what we're playing 3-5-2 I thought like and this is going on during a game you think like how can this like what's the what's the thinking there uh, I don't know maybe the surprise element if we don't know we're going to do what the opposition <laughs> know like yeah. it must have been something like that but like with, with Exeter like the hard, probably the hardest part for me was living with lads I'd always think oh it'd be great living with lads disgusting I lived with a fellow Christian Ribeiro and James Hammond Ribs is about my age James Hammond was like 19 and I was 26, 27 at the time. <laughs> He'd never lived away from home. Oh my God, he was such a slob. Like, I'm a neat freak. So I was only staying there three nights a week. He would never put out the bin, which would drive me mad. He never washed his plates. So me and Ribs uh, were like similar age. Yeah. Never. So all our plates weren't washed and we were getting very annoyed with him. And we caught all our plates and put them on his bed. And he still wouldn't wash him. Like ah, he was, he was, he was a different breed. Like so, like that was something I found. Like I was like, oh my god, I can't do that. So like, living with young lads, uh, soured your Exeter experience there. It was just something I just. So you're traveling back back to back to weekends kind of thing. Yeah, no, it was something like lower league football. Like the journey, the traveling. To be fair, what Tiz was brilliant was was um, if we'd a game up north, he'd leave me travel up on a Thursday. Because we'd train up north on a Friday and then I could like meet him up there and yeah. then travel to the game somewhere the next the next day. But he was he was very good for that, but like it was just it was a weird, weird environment. Very relaxed, like beautiful place to live, like and everything, but uh, I was it was just a year there again and how were, how was the goal scoring going at this stage? Jeez, <sighs> I don't know. Like I only ended up I think with like seven or eight. I was kinda playing um left of a tree yeah but we played like two kind of center forwards and then the middle guy would be really dropped off but like i can kind of remember the end how it kind of came there was uh he went a different way i was i remember just shouting with a fellow matt oakley he played in the premier league and he was very good friends with tiz southampton yeah he was yeah tiz and oaks were very good friends and i me and oaks had some slagger match on a pitch one day and i was like think that's the end of me hair like whatever but <laughs> i remember me or tiz rang me and he said look 
I remember talking to him because when you do, you're not in the team. I went in and I said, what's the story? Like, can I just go? Can I go on loan? And he said, let me think about it. So he, he came in to me and he said, uh, look, I'm going to let you go on loan. Uh, Newport want to take you. I said, Grant, there was only like 10, 11 games left. And uh, he said, well, let me, he said, let me get over these few games. We've two games. I might use you. We've two games in two or three days, four days. So then he calls me in the day later and says, I'm actually going to start you on the Saturday. So I played, scored. And then, of course, like he was like, All right, I can't leave you going no after that, but you're not going to be here at the end of the year. Yeah. But I think I started every single game after that. And you think, like, I'm, I'm all right. You get, then, you get a contract out of it, yeah. No, I, but he just literally rang me and he said, that's it, Graham, like, that's, that's going to be it. Like, so my next thing was I was offered a trial at St. Johnson. Yeah. Um, so you had to go for trial there, did you? Yeah. Well, ironically, I'd, I'd been out on trial years ago and kind of was in the feeling I was going to get off the contract, but I was like, I think the money was going to be poor and I would have had to finish, I wouldn't have got to finish college. So I was like, I'm not doing it for that. Like, But uh, mm. yeah, I had to go on trial and I signed a deal with them and I said, look, they were coming into Europe and the manager are coming up, they had a chance in Europe if, I think it was Falkirk and Inverness playing in the cup final and if Inverness won, St. John's would get into Europe and I was saying, look, I'm on honeymoon, I'm going to be signing the contract here but I'm going to be on honeymoon if you win that or if Inverness win your back, like he was saying what they had their back and I was saying to myself, oh Jesus, like, <laughs> so I signed it, like it was a brilliant yeah. sign because like obviously Scottish League and then, uh, I signed it and I can remember it was the day after my wedding, the Scottish Cup final was on and I was thinking, if Inverness lose here, I'll get an extra two weeks after I come back. I can enjoy my honeymoon a bit. Otherwise, I'm straight back into it. And like, part of me was like, yeah, I get to play in Europe. But part of me was like, well, I didn't really achieve it anyway. So, yeah. do you know what? I get to, you only get one honeymoon in life. Like, but sure, like when I think Falkirk and all Inverness went the man down and everything, and it was one all, and I was in the pub, and I think Falkirk, Inverness scored last minute, and part of me was like, it was bittersweet basically because I was like in Europe, and part of me was like, oh for God's sake, like on my honeymoon, I was in Vegas, like doing running, like do you know what I mean, at like ten yeah. in the morning, yeah. you don't go to Vegas to go to the gym, like no, I was no, in the no. gym, and then. We're sure we'd all inclusive in Mexico and everything. So that was a waste of money as well because you're only making your money you up to go handy the on the on the buffet there as well. Oh, like even coming back, we came back from Mexico to London and then straight to Dublin and then St John's were training in Belfast. So I got into Dublin just straight to Belfast. And sure, like they'd already done a week and a bit, and the manager was there to meet me, and he was like, "Look, this is your room there." I got in at like half eleven, twelve o'clock. And I, I like, I, luckily I knew a fellow Chris Miller from doing the journalism course, so he was, that's handy because you're walking down the next morning and everyone's like, who's this guy? Like, he got to miss a few, like, you're probably behind things, like, going, he got to miss a few, but uh, yeah, I actually then, the thing is, I missed the European game because I got injured over there because we literally, I'd done a double session the next day, a session, played half a game, a session, I got too much. So I missed the bloody game and got a week off then straight away. So I was like, for God's sake. like No European odyssey I, there. I yeah. could have enjoyed it. Like it was, it was in Armenia or something anyway, or Azerbaijan, the game. So it was a horrible flight. So be honest, like I was like, I'm not too fussed about missing that. Like, and um, like, I oh. 
overall, how was the how was the experience there? I mean, do you, you I love that? Yeah, I absolutely love St John's. I love Scotland. The Scottish people are so nice, and it was the best dressing room I've ever been in. The lads, like every day, when I say about you want to walk in, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Like, I mean, sometimes people might think the Catholic Protestant divide might be something that can linger, but yeah, it was unreal. Like, it was so much fun. You walk in. And the thing about us was we weren't that talented and we knew it and but we'd fight for each other and we it was just it's just the importance of a good dressing room going in and having lads. There was a fella Brian Easton and he was just he would make me laugh and smile every day and you just go, This is just amazing and it was lads who'd all again like there's not that much money in Scottish football, there's not that big a difference with some clubs in Scotland and League of Ireland. Yeah, yeah. And like I think it what what like helped me straight away was a zip incident. Like probably people Oh you went viral, didn't you? Yeah. People in St. Johnson would probably remember it that like oh it was so embarrassing. Like I'm going in this is like I'm still only in pre season and I'm going in I'm just taking my top off or else I'm putting it on. One out of two anyway. And next thing I felt like something on my eyelid and I was like, Oh my god and I was I was about to rip it. And literally, like, thank God I didn't because it was proper on my eyelid. And I was like, I was so embarrassed. I was like, if I rip it, like, it might be a little blood, like. But yeah. Oh, my God. And so I was just like, there was lads in the dressing room going, what's going on here? Like, <laughs> and I ran past the dressing room to the physio room. I was like, I have to go down to the physio here. And it was your man, Chris Miller, actually, who loves social media, loves video and things. He was like ran down to the players room called all the lads and was like you gotta see this like and I'm running into the physio room and I'm literally like uh, my jumper stuck to me and they were like what? and they couldn't believe it this fella, so this fella can't even dress himself the boys yeah the boys then videoed it you'll probably see the video if anyone looks it up like and the physio ends up cutting around the jumper so it's only a small bit left so I actually have to go up the hospital because they can't get it off and I'm in the hospital, like, freaking, I look like Terry Butcher because they bandaged it all up more than me holding it. Yeah. And uh, I was in the, I was in getting the emergency room, getting my treatment done. The doctor was like, what the hell? Like, he came in, he was asking. And I can see all the nurses outside laughing. And I was like, look, you may as well all come in rather than just standing <laughs> out there like, fucking hell, you're going to be talking about it. And they were like, what's going on here? Like, we have to see this because I'm in all my St. Johnson training gear as well. Yeah. And the hospital's only five minutes away. So, like, luckily, I think the doctor got a pliers to it to get rid of it. And, like, again, like, the type of dressing you have, like... I broke walk, the ice a bit, I'd say, no, there, yeah? I was, I was like, yes, I get to mistrain a bit here. But the dressing you have, you walk down and the manager turns on and he's like are you all right? And I was like, I'm fine now. And he was like, right, you can all put it up on social media now, the dope is fine, like that kind of way. And he was like, like, Tommy Wright, like people probably remember him, like he was variable with the players, like he would be like that if we needed nights out, we'd nights out, like he had a rule, like on a Friday, we would, on a Thursday we'd do a volleys. So like, just volley, last person to score, would have to bring in a slab, a slab of coke for the next day, Coca Cola, fizzy drinks the day before a game, mm. and like the week before, you'd do three games on a Friday. We'd have three teams, and the losing team, everyone else would pick two players. You'd pick a player each, and the players with the lowest score would have to bring in like donuts or cakes the following Friday. So you'd always 
you'd never pick it on like oh you were really bad you'd pick it on like you're a bad miss or someone has nice cakes like so like <laughs> yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't think it in a professional football fellas having a can of coke and a donut the day before a game but that's that's the type of dressing we had like and uh I can actually remember Tommy the first time, like this is the type of guy he was. Like I started really well with St. Johnson and uh, we were talking about a new contract and this is like, you appreciate, like sometimes you think about loyalty, like, and then you think like, you know, some clubs can throw you to the side, but in fairness to St. Johnson, we were talking about a new contract, we were saying, oh, we'll get signed and we played Kilmarnock and I felt something in my hamstring two days beforehand, but I'd never, ever got a bad injury. I just sprinted in the Kilmarnock game. Just something felt like a balloon pop. Like, So I was like, oh, can I play on or not? And I wanted to play on because we had an international break coming up and I got the chance. I was going home. like, And I was like, mm. if I'm injured, I might be in. So I went in. I had to come off anyway. The physio so he sees me and he was like, look, you've done your hamstring here, I'd say. And I was like, it can't be, it's grand. It'd be grand. So, yeah. so I went out that night. I went back to Ireland, flew back to Ireland. I remember going to the FAI Cup final and there was this woman, she was saying she's a nurse or a physio or something. One of my mum's friends, I met my mum and dad in the bar and she was like, you're walking away in it, you're grand. So like, I didn't think anything of it. So I'm dope, like, <laughs> don't have injuries. Read up the next day what you shouldn't do with an injury. Drink alcohol that night. Then they sweated out of me. I went to the sauna the next morning. That's bad for it. And uh, was in Dublin the next day, walking around the place, limping, drank, got a flight back on the Tuesday. Never asked to ask the manager could I have the days off. I just said it to the physio and he was like, and so the scan came in. I went into the physio and I, I went and got a scan and the scan was bad. Like it was very close to needing surgery on my hamstring, which I was shocked by. And uh the physio was like, manager's raging, you were missing yesterday. You're, but I was like, yeah, but I asked you, there was nothing I could do. So he is raging with you. So I knocked on the door and I was like, oh my God. And he eff and blinded me all of it, saying like, do you think going back, sitting in a thing? I lied to him, I was like, I only went to Dublin. Like, I went to Dublin, I went back to Cork to go out. Like, <laughs> yeah. And he was effing and blinding me. And I was like, I'm fucked, I'm injured. I'd only one year contract and I was like he said you're looking at about 13, 14 weeks out here like yeah and I was like oh my god he told the press three but like I was like oh Jesus and he went and by the way he's so effing blind me he said that contract two years and you think he's going to pull you he's like we'll have that sorted as well so you'll sign that and I was like whoa I was like, do you know what I mean? Like, he's giving you, you, he was giving you a deal. Yeah, he was saying like, we have the contract sorted. Yeah. Like, that's all sorted. All your money. But so much clubs would actually go. We'll yeah, see. Yeah, take this the opportunity back. to. Like, yeah. But I think that injury, Jesus, that was like, I was, I was flying till then, and I never realised how much an injury can hamper you till never till then, fully. Like, like it took me, a, what, it took me a, about a year after yeah. to get it fully right because I'd play a game on a Saturday and I'd be limping then. Till like a Wednesday, Thursday, I'd be in bits. But uh, I mean, while you were there, you played. You played against Van Dyke. Yeah, that was. Was he like? Oh, just, well, I didn't think he would play because he left the day after. So after he, we played against him, we were saying he'll never go. He's going to Southampton. My, my claim to fame was obviously like 
that's what pushed Southampton over. Is like he marked me, so like you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you showcased his talents there. Oh, I, I think the first run was like it was more. We were taught in the dressing room stop him rather than him stopping you because like you're centre forward and we're told just get behind the ball every time he gets it because he'll just run the pitch no bother and all the boys were warning me I remember the first one he was with Boyata centre back and I at the time was thinking Boyata's not that good I don't think he reads the game as well like he improves so much but I, I was like I enjoy playing against him and uh, tried to sprint with Van Dyke and he just boshed me out of it like and like I was like out of breath I was blown out of my backside and then he just turned to me and just said, look, I wouldn't even bother. I'm just too good. Like, he said and that then, to Yeah, you. and then I'm like, he's so cocky, but like, he's so good. And then, but just playing against Celtic in general was horrible. Like we played against him once and I was left wing and I it was only coming back from the injury, but like, you're just defending. And I came off at half time. I was absolutely exhausted. I was so tired. I couldn't... Like, you play at Celtic Park, and when you can see the goal, you're looking up at the big screen, you're like, oh, no, oh, Jesus. Like, and it's just then... Like, that music goes off, and you're just dreading. <laughs> but I remember the manager pulled me on the... We played the Monday, or trained the Monday, because you normally wouldn't if you played over. Yeah. But my legs were gone. I couldn't get my heart rate up. And I, it cost me a semi-final of a League Cup, because he said to me, you couldn't get your heart rate up and train, and and I was like I just can't move and he said well you're not fit enough so and then I didn't play the semi-final of the cup which was a, a big disappointment because we lost to Hibs and Ross County beat Celtic the next day like we were thinking I'm sure Celtic will be, win anyway like which makes it worse because you think I could have yeah, actually yeah. won a league cup and uh, so look come here we're, we're running out of time like is it mm-hmm. uh, I mean the happiest time do you do you look back on, 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 the, on the time across as something you could have got a bit more out of what do you look back on the happiest? I mean, you were, you were um, flying. You're, you're a Cork City legend for your earlier, oh yeah. your earlier spell. You did well at Cove. Like, what, what, what are the, what are the big highs? And, and is there, are there a few regrets? There's loads of regrets, obviously, because you, you always doubt yourself and maybe play centre back a bit more. I always think that was my best position. Uh, who knows in the future? Um, yeah, I've. There's, there's loads of regrets. I think like three highs. Three always come to mind. I know my first goal with Preston was good, but obviously getting that winner with Cork City in the first division in the league that shows was a big high. Scoring um, at Ibrox against Rangers was another big high. And I think it might sound so strange. My, my proudest moment in football was uh, was actually at St. John's when we played Dundee United. It was probably the best game I've ever played that we got a man sent off, the keeper got sent off after about 12, 13 minutes and it was the first time my mum and dad had come over to Scotland to watch me and my wife was in the crowd and we we stuck with two up front but we ran so much. I can remember I cramped up in the game and I was asking could I come off and they were like, we've no subs left but I scored and I set up one and I remember you do your in, like talking after the game but proudest moment for me is we wa- I walked into the dressing room, I was laid in and all the boys were... Uh, manager was talking all the boys stood up and just clapped me nice and it was just like literally they were saying what you just did today was unbelievable and that was probably my proudest moment in football and you, you, no one ever sees that but that that for me will always stay in my mind it actually like you just think back and you go whoa amazing like because it's 
it's the comments from your fellow teammates. I always think that, you know, say if you get player of the year or something, it's player's player of the year you want. Yeah. Like not, I know support doesn't club player of the year, but for me it means a lot because they know everything you do, what a footballer does when he's not on the ball, like, you know, that kind of way. So, And is it frustrating that those those days when everything is so perfect and so everything seems to click that it's so elusive to kind of repeat that or to kind of capture it again or whatever yeah but that's that's what I said that's why I decided I want to keep going in football because I want more of them I feel I can get more of them the appetite is back for it a bit yeah it is like that kind of way I look at it like I said I'd miss it like and that's that's probably the difference now between me and a few months ago where I was thinking I don't think I'll miss this anymore like it's well, no. I, I mean, you be. could you could easily have five, six years left. I could. At, at right, a good right. level. I like to think I look after myself a yeah. bit. Like I probably probably need to actually beef up a small bit. Um, uh, so yeah, I hopefully do have a few more years left of me. Like I said, I've got a child on the way, so I want to see that child and bring him out into the crowd. Always have something like that in my mind as well. Like yeah. so that's something I want to look back and is a prouder moment again in my career. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 